You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield, and we are in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startwell. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi. Home, life, auto, whatever you need in the insurance world. Go by and see our friends at Farm Bureau. And this is Sunday Coffee brought to you by our friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. I've got my big uh, tall cup. I won't say tall boy anymore, Charlie. You're going to get me out of that. It's tall cup of blueberry cobbler flavored coffee this morning. I actually went to Strange Brew on Friday and uh, bought a bag of the uh, coffee grounds, a blueberry cobbler flavored coffee. And so if you go by my office, you will smell that just about every day because if I don't have a chance to go by Strange Brew, I brew it at the office. And you can too. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They'll ship that great coffee to you. They also have the pods, and you can uh, get the pods if you just like the, the Keurigs, or you can make that big old batch of eight cups of coffee where uh, two or three cups sit there the rest of the day that you have to clean out the next day. Charlie, how are you doing this morning? Well, I'm good. I am good. We have basketball later today. Mississippi State trying to exercise that trip, and that's not exercise, but exorcise. Exercise the demon. Yes, like an exorcist to get those bad vibes out of here. So that'll be today at three o'clock. And uh, women play today. They're up in Chattanooga, UT Chattanooga. There's a great little brewery right by the field there, by the way, the football field. At Chattanooga? Yeah, the Naked River Brewery. I think Chattanooga is an underrated city. I really do. I've been do. told that. I haven't spent a ton of time there. People who do tell me they really like it. It's an underrated city for kids. Their aquarium is really good. And I'm not a, I'm not a fan of, and this may strike you as a big surprise, I'm not a big museum type of person, nor a an aquarium type of guy. But when you have children of that age, Sometimes you seek out the good aquariums. See, I enjoy an aquarium. I enjoy a certain type of museum. So I'm a American history, natural history kind of guy. I don't, I don't care about these Ripley's Believe It or Not kind of things. No, the wax museums. Yeah, that, yeah. that's not for me. No, and I, and I do, to be honest with you, judge you if you do like those types of things. But not to your face. But you know, behind closed doors, we're making fun of you. Speaking of judging, how do you judge this football hire? Well, you know, we haven't gotten together. I guess the last time we got together in the studios here that uh, you still hadn't turned the TV on, Charlie, but he's up on the wall. But You've got to get a better bit than that. No, I'm just saying. I mean, we could be watching a couple different things right now, but. Well, I need, see, you can't stay focused with the TV off. My question to you was. <laughs> I was going to talk I feel about like the, I'm dealing with my kids here. All the talking heads and sports right now. We'll talk about that in a minute. I actually think it's a pretty good hire. And um, boy, you put that on the uh, <laughs> put that on the program next year. <laughs> you know, you got Bob Stoops, excellent hire by Mississippi State. Bart Gregory, I actually think it's a pretty good hire. Well, that's, boy, that'll sell the tickets. That's my nice way of putting it. 
the um, Jeff Levy has had a lot of success as an offensive play caller, and and I think at the end of the day, you know, there are different people around the country, and we have hired some different guys here before who have been savants of of offense, who have been exceptional play callers. But I think this is a different mold. I think what Jeff Lebby, Jeff Lebby has been in the South. He has recruited in the South. He uh, understands the SEC, and I, I think that's a big factor in this deal. When you start thinking about where we are now as far as going out and looking for a football coach, I saw where Willie Fritz got the job today at Houston. I'm glad Willie Fritz finally got a job. He's been trying to get out of Tulane for years. And so now he can kind of see. That was a little disparaging tone that you have there. No, I mean, everybody Willie always. Willie Fritz is a good football coach. Willie Fritz is a really good football coach. I, don't, I want to see if he can win outside the AEC. I do. And that is not really disparaging at all. I don't. Well, think, there was just kind of a little snarky, well, Willie Fritz finally got a job. So well, everybody's yeah. been saying, man, they got to give Willie Fritz a chance. Okay, let's let's see what he can do in the Big 12. All right? Um, but, you know, the thing I, I kept going back to Jeff Levy. That's a good hire for them, isn't it? Houston? Th- for Houston, I think so. I think it's a good hire. I think it's a good hire for everybody involved. An offensive philosophy, recruiting the Houston area. I think that's a good hire. I think Houston is kind of on an upswing right now um, in in their world over there. So, Thinking about Jeff Lebby and what our offensive philosophies have been over the last 10 years or 15 years, when we hired Dan, what, 15 years ago, 2008? I'm going to discredit the previous administration and Kroom and then Coach Sherrill and things like that. Okay, you think about when we hired Coach Mullen and we were going to spread the fun. Remember the T-shirts? Well, you know, we have hired two coaches that I can think of that we built marketing campaigns around their style of offense. And I thought that had to be a first when we hired Dan. We were coming off the Kroom years. We were so upset about the Ralph Coast offense or whatever we were calling it. The Woody Coast offense? No, it wasn't the Ralph Coast. Who It was the uh, the Gulf Coast, whatever it was. <laughs> Tom Bigby. Playing off the West Coast offense. And so then Mullen comes in. And we were so excited to have the to an offensive style that we thought we could score points, which then in turn led to the Chris Ralph approach. Then we're doing it at, or I guess we did it again with Mike Leach. And I haven't seen us go so far into the style of offense here, but we're certainly plugging the fact that the guy can coach offense. And I was telling somebody the other day, why do you feel hope around Jeff Lebby? Forget all the history, forget all the background. What I, I believe that people would rather people have more hope in their hearts if they're going out on the during the week losing forty seven forty five, right? So because what you're thinking is, man, if we just get a few defensive players in here, we're going to be really good. Well, no. but when you can't score, it's like you're hopeless. Oh, right. Because I mean, nobody says we just need a few more players and we'll be able to score more. Yeah, isn't that a song? Hope in a hopeless world. Um, the um. I agree with that, and I think that was the thing that was kind of the beaten down part of, you know, and I, and I love Slide of Death as a person, but um, in the Kroom years, and then this past year, that mentality of we've got to have a lot of things go right. And then when you end up getting beat by 10, it's like, you know, we actually didn't play too bad. And our, our defense could play really, really well, and you get beat by 20 points. And I wonder to what degree having – more belief in your offense helps you be a better defensive player. 
for example, you take Deron Bland with the Cowboys. What's he got, like five pick sixes so far this year? Yep. All right, you can't jump as many routes if you're worried that if I get beat one time, we've lost. Oh, yeah. Right? And so doesn't it free you up a little bit to go try to make a spectacular play, to try to make a big play, to gamble just a little bit more but if is, you think you can score? And, and to to that point and more, isn't that what keeps you coming back as a fan is coming to start well knowing that, hey, we got a chance to win. I was going to win ten games this year and not many people will be happy about it. Right. But I, you know, I feel like anytime we, you know, anytime we play football, I feel like we got a chance to win, and you can you can have that feeling when you can score points. Now, you know, the flip side of that is if your defense is not very good, there's just about any game you can lose. Yeah, but it just feels but easier feels to different. fix the defense. It does, and especially here, especially here, when you start thinking about you know, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana in the recruiting sense of this footprint, that the raw athletic type of player is here that you can put on the defensive side. Now, I may have to go out and find some some really good wide receivers or you know, offensive linemen that, uh, you know, that, that have been coached extremely well in other places, possibly. I mean, they're here too, don't get me wrong. But, uh, but no, the thing I like about Jeff Levy is his offensive philosophy – kind of reminds me a little bit of Dan Mullen. And the reason I say that is, you know, the thing about when when Dan was a coach, you could look at a a stat sheet, a box score after the game, and a lot of times in big games, the statistical comparison between running the football and throwing the football was almost 50-50. There are a lot of games where we have within two or three yards of each other the same amount of rushing yards versus passing yards. When you think about Jeff Lebby and you see what he he did at Oklahoma this past year, this past year they dropped back to throw 458 passes. Also this past year, they ran the ball 449 times. Well, 50% run, 50% pass is 50% stupid is what Mike Leach told us, Bart. So you're, <laughs> you're now, now you're embracing balance again is what you're telling me. But his offensive philosophy in the passing game and it's it's really interesting. We start digging into these numbers about how Oklahoma looked this past year. And I'm not, you know, you got to throw out personnel. And I understand you, you got to play to your personnel. Do you? Well, because that that's was kind of my well what anyway. What we were told. But you think about Mike Leach when he threw the football. How many times did we use play action? Five percent of the time. 2022. Will Rogers on all those passing attempts. How many times have we used play action? He used it 5% of the time. 95% of the time, there's no, no play action because the the, what the air raid offense is a quick style of offense, get it out in a hurry, or wait and check down. Okay. But Jeff Levy this past year was the second highest percentage of play caller in the country on play action. 51% of the passes that Oklahoma threw this year, out of the 432 passes, they had play action in that 220 times. And so what's the difference in that? What did we used to say about the air raid offense? It's, man, daggum, I wish we could attack down the field a little bit more. 
Well, here's the thing about Oklahoma. When they had no play action, which was very similar to the air raid style, and they would throw the short, quick routes and bubble screens and things of that nature, the average depth of target was 7.9 yards. On play action, 51% of the time, the average depth of target was 12.3. They were attacking that area of the field 10 to 20 yards down the field. They just added a layer to it's what they did. They attacked the underneath like you did in the air raid, but they also attacked the middle of the field, down the field, 10 to 20. And so what did that relate to? What, what does that mean? 67% completion percentage, 10 to 20 yards down the field. 62% completion percentage, 20 or more yards down the field. Just adding play action, bringing linebackers up in this league, that's what Ole Miss has done. All right, so you've thrown a lot of numbers at me. So – and. It's Sunday morning. I wasn't ready for math. Uh, I wasn't ready for a stats class. So I'm going to see if I can say in just good old-fashioned American language what you were trying to say. About half the time, they're running an air raid concept when they throw it, but they've added to it and that they throw it down the field more. That's exactly right. And when they throw it down the field, they're pretty good at it. I feel like we're flipping roles here. You're usually the analytical. I'm usually just the... Let's wear some boots, and I'll say, all right, here's the, here's the Nanawoy lingo here. All right, so I'm just trying to get this in a context that my little brain can understand. And what you're telling me is there are concepts of the air raid, but we're going to see a tight end more. That was one of the things we wanted when we had the air raid. And we're going to throw it down the field more. Yes. The answer is yes. And what have we said about what were the people who had the troubles with Mike Leach in the air raid offense? Because – I mean, we're only you know twelve months away from actually living the the air raid because people were complaining of man, that's you know we were just throwing a check down to the running backs. We're going to get running backs killed. We're just throwing the underneath. Speaking of running backs killed, we actually got them killed well, this year. Well, but that's a different issue. But what did we say, man? You know, you start Lincoln Lincoln Riley. You start thinking about you know Jeff Levy. You start thinking about you know, guys in the air raid tree that have just added to the air raid concepts, and those are the guys that have had success. And I think that's what Jeff Lebby is. He's a guy that's added to the air raid concepts. Well, when I talked about wanting to add to the air raid when we had it, the things I was thinking are, number one, I would have liked to have used a tight end more. I just feel like having that big body to work the middle of the field can be helpful. The second thing I wanted to see us do is have a more sophisticated running attack. We didn't. And – I think what you will see basically are those two things being answered, right? Now, this year, having asked for a tight end, I probably would have been okay to have not used the dropped tight the tight end and gone back to a two running back set or something. But that'll be a big thing. Obviously, personnel is going to become a really, really big issue. The schedule is tough next year. I still go back to this, and this is beyond scheme. It's beyond coaching staff. It's beyond motivation we got to have an infusion of talent. It's a problem that started several years ago, and it's manifesting itself now. More probably, and I think you could argue, it'll manifest itself more next year even than it did this year. Well, and that's what we were anticipating. I mean, you and I and a lot of people have been anticipating next year being the year that, okay, we got to have a lot of fresh faces. Yeah, candidly, I thought next year would be the year that got coaches fired, not this one. And you say, well, why? Why is that? Well, because look at all we just lost. That was quite the senior day we had out there. 
And there were a lot of guys who can play. So you know your best two linebackers are gone. You know that Crumity's gone. You know that Nathan Pickering's gone. We now know that Tulu is gone. Your quarterback's gone. Woody Marks is probably gone. Number, most of your starting linemen are gone. Just keep going through it. And here is the thing. There are some exceptions to this. Obviously, Calvin Dinkins, Travion Williams, Kari Tillman, John Lewis, those guys can play. But there aren't enough of those dudes behind them. Oh, okay, wait. I'm getting a phone call right now from Ron Polk. Should I answer that on the air? I'm not. I'm not going to do that. But I think it would be fantastic to add to our morning flavor. No, I'd rather – yeah, probably not. Yeah. But uh, I agree with you, Charlie. You've got – I mean – But we, we haven't been building behind the guys that we've had. We've had – and we had some of those guys here six years and nothing being developed behind them. The COVID years are just about over. And as far as – Teams being able to stack and be old based upon COVID. But the effect isn't. And because I think one of the things that happened is as we stacked older guys, and not just us, as college football stacked older guys, the next round got deprived. The younger guys got deprived of development chances. I mean, every time somebody stayed, that's somebody who didn't get to move up, not just here, everywhere. Right, and they're, they're playing on a scout team somewhere instead of in the two deep at practice every day which is a little bit different. So I say all that to say this. Jeff Levy could be a miracle worker, but he's still going to need some dudes. And that's why I think the next couple of weeks are super important. And it is important for the future that we get some high school guys. That'll get the attention signing day. But I think for the future, and by the future meaning the near-term future, the next season, there's going to have to be some JUCO guys. Here's, Here's my thing. You know, not everybody you bring in has to be elite. Not everybody you bring in has to be a starter. We need more depth. We'd have been a better football team this year. We had more depth along the defensive line. We'd have been a better football team if we could have put anybody at cornerback across from D camp. We ended up putting a freshman over there who who wasn't ready yet. I mean, played great as a freshman, and he's going to be better. It's like somebody's telling me, man, that guy got beat a lot. Well. So did Kevin Dockery yeah. when he was a freshman. Yeah, I mean, that's kind I mean, of part of the deal. That's a part of being a freshman. So I'm excited about it. Of course, the other thing, you know, you're excited to see is who's going to come in, who's going to fill the coaching spots. We know that Chad Bompas is coming back at receivers coach. And I think, you know, it will be interesting to see what sort of development takes place in that room this year. Bumpus obviously has a great relationship with recruits. He has a great relationship with his players. That room's got to get better. That that group has to play better. And so we'll see what happens there. David Turner coming back at defensive line coach. Another guy who's got relationships all across the state of Mississippi. I thought if of all our coaches this year, you start to say, who do you evaluate well in terms of the job they did? Well, David Turner, who knows? Because he didn't have any – there were no buttons to push. Yeah. I mean, there was nobody left after you started getting guys hurt. Well, that's the thing. Early in the year when you lost so many people, and, I mean, when when injuries happen, that'll make you – you know, that'll, that will not make a coach look great. And, you know, toward the end of the year, our defensive line was, was really playing well. And, I, hey, let me tell you this. You've been around this long enough, Charlie, and I have to. I mean, there are certain guys that can just coach. There are certain guys that are good football coaches. And David Turner – is a good football coach, and there's a reason. You know, there's a reason a lot of guys go to different places around the country and hop around and go to like eight different spots 
because you know they sometimes outlive their welcome after two years wherever you go. David Turner has worked for the same people. You know what I'm saying? No, you know he and Dan have worked together two or three times. Yeah, that's right. People you, bring him back around. People bring him back around. It's one of those deals that you start you start hiring other people and you realize, man, I didn't really realize what I had in David Turner. And so that's one thing you look at with him. He that guy's a good football coach and a good person too. I'll tell you one other thing about Levy that jumps out at me. There's been a lot of talk about you can't afford to hire a coordinator. Levy doesn't act like a coordinator. You know, with some guys when they get elevated, it's almost like it's a can you believe this? Yeah. Holy cow, I made it. Now what do I do? There's no, 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 no. He, he, he was in charge the moment he walked in. Well, the thing about being elevated to the top position when you essentially don't report to anybody and the whole key to, to management, the whole key to being a CEO, because that's what he is right now, is having people that you can talk to, that you can trust, that – have experienced a lot of what you're about to experience and not tell you what you want to hear. That's the whole key. He has people around him and surrounding him that he can lean on in coaching situations. Well, and then the other part is you got to be willing to listen to him. Right. You don't have to be willing. I mean, you don't have to be obligated to agree, but you got to be willing to hear it. And so I think – and what does is, what is Nick Saban always say? Everybody talks about Nick Saban being the greatest football coach there is. And so what what has Nick Saban said? I have one guy that I could call, Pete Jenkins, who was here at one time. Mm-hmm. I always have Pete Jenkins that I could call and say, what do you think? And so you, you've got to have somebody that has been there, done that, and understands what you're going through. And I well, think Jeff Levy has that support system in place well here's what i think about levy i think for the next 10 months he's going to be the best coach we've ever had then you got to play a game then <laughs> then season starts man so, I, see how it goes i, was, I actually am very optimistic i am too i really am and i was thinking about this the other day this is you know i'm not uh i'm not the old codger that a lot of folks are but this is my seventh football coach and when I came to Mississippi State, Jackie Sherrill was a coach. And then we went to Sylvester Croom and then Dan Mullen and then, you know, Joe Moorhead and then, you know, Mike Leach and then Zach Arnett and now number seven, Jeff Levy. We need him to hang around a while. But I, I Since emphasize, we have got to be patient. This is the fifth coach in the last 15 years. And Dan Mullen spent a long time as a head football coach. That kind of tells you about, the, you know, how this job has gone in the last six, seven years. I remember when Dan Mullen was hired, somebody told me that I don't want to be treated like a stepping stone. I don't. This job is it shouldn't be a stepping stone. I was like, man, I aspire. Oh yeah, to stepping stone status because that beats the heck out of being a graveyard. Other than Daryl Royal, Dan was the first one to leave out of here standing up. Yeah, and Royal went and won a couple of national championships and has a stadium in Texas named for him. Pretty good, uh, pretty good move for him. Yeah, but all right, football. We'll wait and see, right? A lot going on in the recruiting world. A lot going. We'll see what happens. Transfer portal. And a big key of that is going to be, you know, NIL. You guys had a big push, and it's been crazy the past couple of weeks as far as the positive success of the Bulldog Initiative. And one of the great businesses that have jumped in with the Bulldog Initiative, and that's our friends at Maroon & Company. Go to maroonandco.com. Get ready for the Christmas holiday and go start picking out all the things. Put it in your shopping cart. Check out. And when you get ready to check out, whether it be online at Maroon & Co. or in the store, type in the code NIL10. 
and they'll give you a 10% discount, and then they'll send 5% of that purchase to the Bulldog Initiative. And so our good friends at Maroon & Company, you've got so many different varieties of logos to choose from now. And all of that stuff looks so cool. The quarter zips, the vest. It's vest season right now. I'm wearing a vest this morning. I have to put on a tie. Charlie, do you have a tie today? Are we wearing a tie today? Apparently. I came across an old picture of me and you broadcasting a basketball game from nine years ago. And we were both wearing the suits, the coats, and the ties. And I had a pocket square. I have gone away from the pocket square in my television broadcast. Well, today might be the day. Are you wearing to run it back? Are you running back the pocket square today? Probably not today. Okay. All right. But anyway, Maroon and Company, go to maroonandco.com and see how this Mississippi State uh, group of folks, Wyatt Craig, man, they've been so great to work with at Maroon and Company. All right, basketball. Well, it's yeah. been a tough week, you know, losing at Georgia Tech, but I started looking into it, Charlie. And yesterday made me feel a lot better after Georgia Tech beat Duke yesterday. Hey, I kind of feel a little bit better about basketball in, in general because Northwestern beat Purdue. We are Northwestern's only loss. Do you see what North Alabama did? They went up and had about a five-point lead in the final 30 seconds at Kansas State. Did they really? End up going to overtime and losing. Wow. What would that have done for us? Yeah, Washington State. Oh, but- by the way. All right, so the Kansas State coach, Jerome Tang. Right. So that was an interesting team, just a little bit of a reset on Kansas State. Kansas State, two years ago, loses their best player to Miami in the transfer portal, Nigel Pack, but still ends up going, what, Elite Eight, Final Four, whatever it was. They were a really good team, even having lost a star guy. Jerome Tang's a good coach. But our former backup center, Will McNair, has made his way now to Kansas State. Is he really? And he I had no play. idea where Will went. We didn't play yesterday, and – Tang in his post-game press conference basically said it had nothing to do with on the floor. Oh, wow. But that we're trying to establish good life skills and life patterns and not too big a deal. You might laugh at me, but until he gets it fixed, he isn't playing. So I thought that was interesting. The other meltdown that I saw yesterday, I think it's about a day or two old. Have you seen the Kenny Payne? No, I haven't. Deal? Oh, this is hilarious. So he's talking about one of his players – and he says, basically, he wouldn't go in the game or he was he was mad he was being held out because they didn't have the tights that he wanted. Refused to play because they didn't have the tights he wanted. <laughs> and then he finally agreed to play. That's where we are <laughs> with some people. Right I'm not now. going in because you got the wrong kind of tights. And he's like, he's never had those kind of tights. This is, wasn't like we left something at home. It's a... Uh, it's a different world. Hey, on the NIL front, I've been reading with some interest some of the Facebook groups and some of the Twitter posts about NIL ruining college sports. Now, let me be very clear. I look forward to the day when we have regulation. I look forward to the day when there's a better system, when we recognize maybe revenue sharing and attack things in that way. But everybody talks about it's ruined college football. The Pac-12 championship the other night was the highest ranking they've had. Every game you see, they're talking about all-time great rankings. Attendance is back up. It doesn't, just watching games yesterday, it doesn't feel like it's been ruined. And cruising the mean streets of Twitter this morning, doesn't feel like people have given up on that either. No, and uh, and I was going to bring that up and just talk about 
man, everybody's out there. Everybody's mad this morning. They're already mad, and the decision hadn't even been made yet about who's going to get in the playoffs. That was the first thing Jen asked me this morning. Well, is Alabama going to get in the in the playoffs? I don't think so. And you know what? I don't care. I don't. My care. level, my level of GAS is really, really low right now. I'm talking about. I was at a, I was at a point four, and then I went to a one point three just by reading Twitter. And hey, well, you've outpaced me. I don't care who plays because it doesn't involve us. And so I'll move on. Hey, I got a soft topic, but we were talking about basketball, um, or at least started to. We go over to Atlanta. We lose, and we didn't play well. No, we didn't. And, Charlie, do you know what I take out of that game? And I'm sorry, I probably derailed you with my ADD. I apologize. That TV's still not on. But the thing about that game that bothered me more than anything, and I'm nitpicking here, yeah, we didn't defend well. We gave up some open shots. They shot the three ball well. To me – you know, when we double on the baseline and our def- defensive philosophy, if we ever find a, a team that hits a bunch of shots on the outside, that's our kryptonite because they're going to get some looks at times with the way that we double. But the thing that bothered me more than anything, we only had like five assists. Yeah, that is true. We were not sharing the basketball. And if you look as a team, I think we're about 56% in terms of shots to assist ratio or, excuse me, made shots to assist ratio in the season. We weren't sharing the ball, and what? So then, what does that mean? Got a lot of guys just trying to trying to create on their own. And look, Hubbard is one of those players that now and then you just got to turn loose and let him do his thing. This is not directed at him. I think sometimes other guys maybe try too hard to get theirs, and it felt like we were in a game the other day where we had too many people trying to get mine. And I anticipate that we'll see a different team on the floor today. I would uh, I would assume that um, this week of practice has not been uh, for the faint of heart. I would guarantee that. And, hey, I'll say this too. You know, there's a lot of folks, and, and I'm one of them a lot of times, that like to take shots that are divine people north of here about two hours. But I will say this, Charlie. After they beat Memphis yesterday by three, and this is not one of their shows, but I will say this. I think the level of basketball in the state of Mississippi right now is as good as we've seen it in a long, long time. And I'm talking about at the college level. At the college level. At Mississippi State, I think Southern Miss is going to be good this year. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be good. I mean, they played us real well in the exhibition, but I think Ole Miss is going to be good too. And I think we have, I think out of the big three college teams this year, when you start thinking about Chris Jans, Chris Beard, and Oxford. And Jay Ladner down at Southern. Between those guys, between the two Chris's and Jay, you've got some really good basketball coaches at the collegiate level in Mississippi. You know, Southern started a little slow. They beat UAB last time out. So beat uh, Andy Kennedy's crew in a ball game over at Birmingham. All right, so we've got basketball today. Baseball, not a lot to report there right now. Those guys are all headed home for – Christmas holiday here this week, and this is the time for baseball players where you kind of got to get better on your own. I mean, you're going home for a month. Hitters got to hit. Pitchers going to need a little time to rest the arms. But hey, we have you know this is the <laughs> this is the big time, and this is that uh, that time of year that Jonathan Holder made the roster. 
back in 2012. Yeah. Going home, doing it himself. This is the time of year that we've had some guys who have gone home during Christmas time and uh, not picked up a bat, gained 15 pounds. And it took them about two months to get into the season where they were halfway decent again. And so, do you know who doesn't relax, Charlie? Do you know who does not go home and gain 15 pounds and put the bat up? I mean, they're constantly working every single day to get better. I'm going to guess Cannon Ford. Cannon Ford of Starkville. They're doing the best they can every day to be better tomorrow. They're going to be better on Thursday than they were on Tuesday. And that's the philosophy that they have with Chris Keene and his fantastic staff, whether it be in the service center. And they're open on Saturdays now between 8 and 12. If you need your oil changed, you need to, your tires rotated, if you need a spray and bed liner, if you need the body shop, but also a new or used car, go by and see your friends at Cannon Ford of Startville. Nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. All right, I think we've probably covered about all we can today, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Now, I do want to hear you before they announce it. Do you think Alabama or Georgia's getting in? No. I don't either. I don't either. Hey, we could have had 12 teams a long time ago. By the way, I, 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 and again, I go back to, I don't care. I just <laughs> don't care. You should, Charlie. I don't. The betterment of but, the league. Uh, I mean. But let, let me tell you what I do care about. And that is, I'm watching the post game yesterday, and Milrow got a lot better. So, really like him as a player. But to listen to him, this is the second straight time that I've heard him after a game get on there and talk about how everybody doubted him. Nobody had thought Alabama could do anything all year. You know, you got to be really talented to be at Alabama and to the play the we get no respect card. You know, the we've just been held down by you media types all year long. We've been kicked. We've been disrespected. Come on. You know what Texas is going through right now today? It's almost like the rest of us feel when we're playing Alabama and we got to go to a booth-initiated review, and we know that they're looking over in, Bur- in Birmingham. We, You know, we really know there wasn't a catch. We did see the ball hit the ground. We know that that probably was not a catch, but – you don't know if they're about to overturn this because it is Alabama. Well, it's a laugh. During the Auburn game, you have the face mask where they almost rip the head off the Auburn return man. And I told somebody, this is how you know the call was terrible. Even Gary Danielson was upset about it. <laughs> he goes home and sleeps in crimson pajamas, man. He calls everybody else coach, and he calls Nick Saban Nick. <laughs> have you ever Mr. noticed that? Saban. Oh. Well, not a huge guy. But in any event, that's all I have today. Is it? Okay. Well, basketball later today, 3 o'clock, we play the Jaguars of Southern University. What's their record? They've won one game. Have they? They beat UNLV at UNLV. I was about to throw the caveat. I'll give you 10 bucks if you can tell me their record. But They're 1-6. Are they really? Well, I didn't do that. I, I was going to do that. UNLV, they have not been terribly competitive otherwise. But they've played a lot of ranked teams. Last time out, they played Marquette, as a matter of fact. Okay, so we'll play Southern today at 3. Coming up this week. Wait a minute. It's not often that I get to correct myself in real time, Bart. Alabama has just been selected for the playoff. No, they haven't. Boo Corrigan, the chair of the College Football Committee, explains why they chose Alabama 
over Florida State. Alabama and Michigan will play. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. See? The boys... The boys in Birmingham. Okay, let, let's throw. You con- wait, they're going to go win this thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's throw a conspiracy theory in here. If Florida State, who had not been so brash to try to break apart the ACC, Boo Corgan is the athletic director at NC State, and you know all those guys in the ACC have just been sick and tired of listening to to Florida State. Now, there's a bunch of people in that meeting. It's not just Boo. <laughs> hey, there's. <laughs> there's a video they've got the Michigan team reaction they're all sitting around the screens and everybody sees because they think they're getting Florida State and everybody in their chairs just kind of leans back and puts their head, hands behind their heads oh boys we got Bama and then there's a few guys like forcing themselves to clap and act excited <laughs> oh, so so will Harbaugh catch this coach's game I think so yeah okay so he'll be back well there you go so you'll have Michigan and Alabama playing the winner of Washington and Texas. I did not expect that. Let's get Mike Alford on the phone right now. Let's get the let's get the live ball retake of what's going on down in down in uh, Tallahassee. What do you think? Uh, what do you think Mike and that group is thinking down at Florida State right now? Yeah, exactly. Greg Sankey sitting there saying, "Hey, we asked you boys." Should have joined the league with us. Yeah, the Florida State watch <laughs> party didn't go so well. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's kind of funny. Well, anyway, good stuff, Charlie. Thanks for pulling that out right before we uh, we head to the hill. Hey, before we head to the hill, and we are talking about Christmas a minute ago, if, um, if you need a new laptop, if you need a new desktop computer for the house, for the office, if you – Need some security equipment? You don't feel real. Uh, you want to upgrade your security systems around your office, your home? Check out our friends at Howard Technology Solutions. Go to howardcomputers.com to see how this company can help you and your company. And so go to howardcomputers.com. So many different things that they can do in the audio visual world, but also if you um, if you have a company that you have a kiosk that you want to have bill pay, I mean, they can help you with anything with your company in the technology sector. So go to howardcomputers.com. All right, Charlie, anything else? So here's what Mike Alford has had to say. Oh, okay. Florida State. The consequences of giving in to a narrative of the moment are destructive, far-reaching, and permanent, not just for Florida State, but college football as a whole. And he goes on and says this. To eliminate them from a chance to compete for a national championship is an unwarranted injustice that shows complete disregard and disrespect for their performance and accomplishments. It is unforgivable. Later, wins matter. Losses matter. Those that compete in the arena know this. Those on the committee who also competed in the sport and should have known this have forgotten it. Today, they changed the way success is assessed in college football from a tangible metric, winning on the field, to an intangible, subjective one. Evidently, predicting the future matters more. Oh, yeah. So, Mike is probably going to take a page out of Danny White's playbook. The and, committee uh, failed college football today. Well, okay. And then my my level has gone up to 1.7 from 1.4 in the last two minutes. They'll I have a parade. They're going to have here. a parade at Disney World and declare themselves national champions. And, hey, let me tell you this. Talking about Bama. 
If this were Alabama in the 1940s, they would declare a national championship for this season. It would be one of their 18, five or seven or 12 of which they didn't win on the field. Two things come to mind real quick as I think about this. One, somewhere Danny Cannell is firing up the Twitter machine, and he is going to be going scorched earth on the Southeastern Conference. That will give me some humor. But then here's maybe the tweet of the day for me. Watching Greg McElroy tell me a team can't overcome subpar quarterback play to win a national championship is comedy gold. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's all right. go. Hey, appreciate it. Once again, thanks to our, all of our good sponsors and good friends at Maroon & Company. Go to maroonandco.com. They're in the Cotton Mill Marketplace here in Starkville, just by campus by Chick-fil-A. Country Pleasing Sausage. I started my day off right with Country Pleasing, just the original this morning, and had uh, some good Country Pleasing. Go to countrypleasing.com, wherever you live in the world, and they will ship it to you, but you can get it at great grocery stores throughout the southeast. Farm Bureau, go with the go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Howard Technology Solutions. Go to howardcomputers.com to see how they can help you with your technology world. Cannon Ford of Startwell. Nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody on Highway 182, just east of Startwell. And our good friends at Trax Plus. Go to traxplus.com in Hickory, Mississippi, Hattiesburg. And Bessemer, Alabama, go by and see why when we're clearing our forest, we use our good friends at Tracks Plus. They can rent it to you. They can sell you those good Saney excavators and mini excavators. And you can also get that barco equipment if you're a forester. So go to TracksPlus.com. So for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee.